Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah! It's time to wake up. <laughs> it's five. We're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on! Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Langford in with you. 95.7 The Game leading up until 6 o'clock as the morning roast takes you till 10. And if you wonder why I say family at the beginning, we are a family if you're listening. If you are up this early at 5 a.m., we're all doing important jobs. This one being the least important that I'm currently doing right now. But I guarantee you, if you are driving into work right now, or if you're on the way home from work, we know that your job is important. So we are all a family here. I mean, when I started doing the morning show, when I would take Bart up, we'd all take one collective nap on the train. No one was awake, and it felt like we were napping as one big family. So that's why I call you family early this morning at 5 a.m. Today, want to talk about that All-Star game last night because, well, quite frankly, it was the only thing going on in sports, and it was very entertaining, unless you want to talk about Team USA beating Argentina, which I'm not going to do, but I did think that All-Star game was a lot of fun to watch, at least for the first few winnings, the pomp and the circumstance, everything that was leading up to it, the videos that were surrounded uh, with Hank Aaron's passing, the pregame stuff, everything that uh, Major League Baseball does is super epic, and the fact that they're able to get Tom Rinaldi's voice now, uh, that he doesn't work for ESPN and Fox was doing the broadcast, uh, it made things that much more special because Tom Rinaldi is Tom Rinaldi, and he also had you know, David Ortiz, Frank Thomas, and Alex Rodriguez doing the pregame stuff, and uh, David Ortiz just flinging money to the crowd. It was a lot of fun, but there was an actual game to be played, and I do have some thoughts and also some fun sound to play from that game. Uh, but coming up at 545 today, if you have heard this show at Fridays at four, at 545, I do what's called Langford's Long Balls, where I go through my five favorite home runs every week. Seeing that we do not have any baseball games going on this week as it's the All-Star break, figured I'd do my long ballers of the first half. I choose a long baller every week, the one guy who's impressed me the most, and I have five specific dudes who are the long ballers of the first half. Do want to get to that. And also, Rob Manfred in his comments on the A's moving as we come up on the July 20th proposal uh, to the city of Oakland. Uh, Do want to get to that as well because John Shea was on with DRK yesterday. John Shea of the San Francisco Chronicle, a longtime beat writer, and shed some light on what Rob Manfred had to say. So, do want to get to all of that today. But, 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. That's the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. And did you watch the All-Star Game? Did you enjoy it? 888-957-9570. As the American League has won eight straight, they take it 5-2. to two. 
And I, I do have to say that it is very representative of what, of what baseball is. And baseball is a very diverse sport because you had Shohei Otani, who, of course, is Japanese. He got the win. You got Liam Hendricks, who's Australian. He got the save. And the Australian came out all of yesterday when he was mic'd up, throwing balls and strikes, and he you could hear the swearing. I saw someone on Twitter say, yeah, do your homework on Liam Hendricks before you mic him up. You got to know uh, what you're getting into if you do end up micing that player up. <laughs> you got to know Liam Hendricks is crazy. Uh, but you had the Australian getting the save, and then you had, of course, the Dominican player in Vladimir Guerrero Jr. getting the MVP. And before we do get to Guerrero Jr. and the home run call, the opening lineup announcements at Coors Field, I was curious as to what it would look like because you had multiple Dodgers who were going to be in this lineup. Max Muncie was the only guy in the starting lineup. And I, and I do got to say, it's that Roger Goodell effect with the NFL draft where Roger Goodell knows he's going to get booed. Rob Manfred really hasn't taken too kindly to it. He's getting booed at, at every turn. He was getting booed throughout the Major League Baseball draft. And in case you didn't know, the the MLB draft actually happened over the weekend, even though they do nothing to publicize it, don't do anything to make it exciting. And I do think that that's a, that's a big problem. But if you didn't see it, Rob Manfred was getting booed. He was also getting booed, giving Vlad Guerrero Jr. the MVP. He hasn't warmed up to it. But Roger Goodell has, and you see the enjoyment that he has whenever he goes up to the draft, and he is getting booed by the fans, kind of egging them on. And it was the same way with the Dodgers. I can't stand the Dodgers. I can't. I I can't stand a lot of those players. I can't stand Max Muncie. I can't stand Justin Turner. Not a big fan of Walker Bueller, although I respect that he's got skill. And Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor, he's a good ball player, right? But they knew the boos were coming. And just hearing Coors Field go after them yesterday, I thought that was very entertaining. And guys who didn't get booed in their NL West division rival, Kevin Gosman didn't participate, but he was still there yesterday. In his hometown of Colorado, they didn't boo him. They didn't boo him. They cheered him a little bit. You know, they, 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 it was it was a mix. And it was the same for Brandon Crawford. So I think it goes to show where the NL West is at as far as who's hated. Because the Giants have the best record in the major leagues right now, heading into the All-Star break, seven times in franchise history, and yet they didn't get booed. I don't know why. That just stuck out to me. Stuck out enough to where I'd have to write it in my notes, or to where I wrote it in my notes. I didn't have to write it in my notes, but I just found that interesting. I was like, huh. They didn't even get booed. So that's how... So that's how Colorado feels. All right. And also, I hope the Rockies front office, and and I wish Arenado would would have done something in this game because he was 0 for 2, but when Arenado was brought up as the starter and he always waving to the crowd and everyone's going nuts, I hope Colorado's front office feels dumb for what they did and how they handled that situation, not giving him the extension he deserves, not trying to build a team around one of the most underrated baseball players that we had seen, and the reason that he was underrated is because he's over in Colorado and no one is paying attention to Rockies baseball, and (laughs) little did a lot of fans know, they had the best third baseman in the National League going in Nolan Arenado, so when he came out in a Cardinals uniform, he got the standing ovation. I just hope the Cardinals front office uh, felt that dumb for not having signed him to a new deal. So, I, I... in this game, it, look, it, it really it, it wasn't competitive at all. It just felt like the American League uh, had this one. I mean, it started off, and you had Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, kicking it to a 2 nothing lead, and they had Shohei Otani starting out, which was a really cool moment, seeing Shohei lead off the game and then seeing him uh, start off pitching as well. Just a, just a really cool moment, and... The National League, they didn't do anything against any of these hitters. Uh, it's just like, there was only the home run by JT Real Muto, and then a pass ball. That's it. 
Uh, I mean, there, there really wasn't anything to talk about as far as the National League and, and what they did hitting the baseball. So it wasn't a competitive game. The guys on the uh, on both sides for the Bay Area, Matt Olson and Brandon Crawford, those guys were the representatives. They both went over. Matt Olson, he ended up striking out twice. Um, you saw the Marcus Simeon, Matt Olson. You see the double play. You see the connection there. Uh, brings back some of the old memories. And then you had Liam Hendricks uh, close things off. So I'm sure A's fans are just watching that and saying, oh, God, here we go again. Uh, having to watch our former teammates uh, play with each other in this All-Star game. Uh, but I do have to say, before we get to this really funny sound, because I hadn't heard Joe Buck ever make a home run call like this and react to a home run call like this. Uh, But the jerseys, they need to just stop trying to create these original jerseys and just let them wear the team jerseys, but a modified version for the All-Star game. Let them wear their own team jerseys. Let Brandon Crawford wear a Giants jersey, but maybe with an all-star patch or maybe outlined in gold or whatever it may be. Fernando Tatis, have him wearing a Padres jersey with the same thing, all modified in a specific fashion like they used to do. They need to stop trying to create these new uniforms because you're not going to please anybody doing that. You're not. Just stick with the original let them wear the uniform of their own team and maybe just, you know, do a little something to it so that you could tell that it's an all-star uniform, but still keep it, you know, Giants-specific, Padres-specific, Dodger-specific, Cardinals-specific, uh, you know, though th- that type of stuff. It, it just, it, I don't get the idea of trying to bring in these new jerseys. Like, the dark blue for the American League, I wasn't a big fan of that. I wasn't a big fan of the dark blue. It looked like the Cubs Wrigleyville jerseys, which nobody seems to like. <laughs> nobody seems to like. And for the 574, nice guy. Pretty sure it's because the Dodgers have won the NL West for almost a decade now. The Rockies have barely had a chance to even touch the playoffs with the Dodgers in the division. And then also from the 650, it's because the Giants are a respectable organization and the Dodgers are roaches. I can agree with that. I can agree with that. So I do think they need to bring back the original jerseys and also. Take away the shift. Why are we doing the shift in an all-star game? Just keep guys at their original positions. Let the base hits happen, because I guarantee you the National League actually would have made this more of a competitive game had there not been the shift. There were multiple hits last night that should have been hits that were stopped because someone was moved over to the other side. It's it, why are we doing this <laughs> in the All Star game when everyone's trying to have fun? Keep the shortstop at shortstop, keep the second baseman at second base, keep the third baseman at third base, so on and so forth. <laughs> like, I don't get why we're trying to bring actual in game information analytics and putting it into the All Star game. I get it during the season when these games actually count, but when it's an exhibition game and you're trying to make it competitive and have some fun with the fans, it does take the fun out of it. And you know what? It is a just a microcosm of what baseball is right now. Even though you have all the stars out there, every single one from the teams. Now, granted, you know you you didn't have some players because they just didn't want to get involved and they they wanted to opt out because they wanted to save themselves for the second half of the season due to injury. Uh, you know, I mean, come on, none of the Astros are there because they don't want to get booed. That's it. That's just straight up it. <laughs> like that's why they're not there. They're not there just to save themselves from injury. But overall, a very fun night, and I do want to uh, play some sound for you next because they mic'd up these players. And there was a moment where Fernando Tatis was mic'd up, and he just exudes cool. There's nobody in baseball who is cooler than that guy. Nobody. And he was on the mic, and Vlad Guerrero Jr. hit a 470-foot bob while he was on the mic, and his reaction was priceless. But I don't want to play the sound for that because you can't hear his reaction. It's a more of a visual thing. But with Joe Buck... 
his reaction is something I want to play for you next. Also have the Spanish call for you from Fox Deportes. And then Freddie Freeman was mic'd up too. And Freddie Freeman seems to be the only one who actually enjoys being mic'd up at these things. Uh, so want to play that for you next. 888-957-9570. That's the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. Stephen Lightford did all the pregame show. 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. That is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. Stephen Langford in with you up until 6 o'clock. Coming up at 5.45 in about 25 minutes. Want to go through my long ballers of the first half. I do a segment called Langford's Long Balls at 545 every Friday. And I chose my five long ballers of the first half. Essentially five guys who, in my opinion, are good for the sport. And guys who don't just stick to the three true outcomes of baseball. Want to get to those uh, at 545. John Shea. Of the SF Chronicle, he was on with DRK yesterday, and he spoke uh, about the A's relocation possibility to Vegas and clarified what Rob Manfred had to say yesterday. And if you didn't see that, that'll be coming up as well. But want to continue to focus on the All-Star game, and I'm not going to get into the specifics of it. I mostly want to get into the sound. Again, really cool with baseball showing the diversity. You see Shohei Otani getting the win And he's Japanese. You got Liam Hendricks getting the save, who's Australian. And then you get Vlad Guerrero Jr., who's Dominican, and he won the MVP. And I want to play this for you. I've never heard, uh, I've never heard Joe Buck sound like this before whenever a home run is hit, because I don't think he was expecting anything to happen. The game was moving relatively slow, especially after uh, Shohei had made his appearance and they were miking up these players. So, first off, they were miking up the at bat. The second at bat of the game, it was Xander Bogarts for the, uh, uh, or excuse me, the third batter of the game. It was Xander Bogarts for the American League after Vlad Guerrero Jr. almost knocked Max Scherzer's head off with a 111 mile an hour uh, line drive comebacker. But they tried miking up Xander Bogarts during his at bat. I don't know why they're doing that. I, I don't know why. I get why you're miking up the players in the field, and I'll, and I'll get to all of that sound, but why are you miking up these players as they're batting? Asking, what's he going to throw as he's in his windup? Xander Bogus is just like, fastball, fastball, fastball. Oh, and then it's a slider. Then he ends up striking out, and Joe Buck is just like, clearly it wasn't a fastball. Well, no bleep, Joe. <laughs> That's what I would have said on the mic. And I don't know if Joe Buck was really into the whole uh, miking up players during AUBs. It feels like that was something uh, he was obligated to do. But they did mic up Fernando Tatis Jr. And he's just so cool, so calm, so collected. There's a reason that people are calling him the new face of baseball. If you saw the way that he was dressed up on the red carpet, he was wearing this incredibly fly pink tuxedo. He is cool. That's the only word I could use to describe him, among many other things. He's also got that hair and, and all of that. So they were miking him up, and they were talking to him, and Vlad Guerrero Jr. is up at the plate, and he hits one 470 feet to left. Vlad Jr.'s grandmother's food is what's <laughs> keeping everybody healthy and yes. strong in the big leagues. Healthy and happy. Yeah! Oh, something to him on his way around. (laughs) And he was telling him to enjoy it a little more as he's going around the bases because Vlad Guerrero Jr. was enjoying himself. I mentioned that he almost uh, hit a line drive straight at Scherzer's head 111 miles an hour, went up and gave him a hug afterwards. It was a cool moment, but I've never heard Joe Buck sound like this from a home run. Yeah, oh, goodbye! Wow! I don't know what he 
was trying to say. I don't know if he was trying to say Guerrero. I don't know what he was trying to say. Uh, but that's courtesy of Fox. And this is courtesy of Fox Deportes because they did have a Spanish broadcast. And this call is much, much cooler. Con algo de, de canadiense. Ahí viene, está el picheo. ¡Ea! ¡Oh! ¡Bien atrás, bien atrás, bien atrás! ¡Vladimir Guerrero Jr. ¡Y no! ¡No, no, 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 no! ¡Díganle que no a esa pelota! Oye. Cuadrangular solitario para Vladimir Guerrero Jr. La República Dominicana por todo lo alto. ¡Yes, sir! ¡Oye! I'm not sure who was in the booth with them because that wasn't the play-by-play guy. That was the dude who was in a white tee and an Atlanta Braves hat. But that 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 call was really was was just it, it had a lot of passion, had a lot of emotion in it. It sounded like he had absolutely planned what he was about to say. Then on the regular broadcast, he had Joe Buck. Yeah, wow! I, 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 I never heard, I never heard him make that sound before. Yeah, wow! Now normally he lets the 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 play sit and 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 whatnot, but of course he had to get Fernando Tatis's reaction. Hey, say something to him when he's rounding second. It, it was just, it was awkward. You know, it was awkward sometimes listening to him, listening to him mic up these players because when he's getting these batters up to the plate, he's asking them what they're throwing, what they're thinking right now. It's cool when they're in the field and you can have a conversation to, with them, and the ball's not being hit toward them, and you know there's a chance that it won't be. But when they're doing it during an at bat. Yeah, that that needs to that needs to not happen. I don't know if they're going to bring it back for the playoffs, and it's going to cause a sports radio conversation. Should we mic up these players in the outfield? And it's it's it, it we're we're going to have that conversation until we're blue in the face. But one thing I do know, and I'm a proponent of micing up the players on the field. One thing I do know: do not mic up these players during these at bats in the playoffs, please. But one guy who seems to enjoy uh, being mic'd up, and you know what, I'll actually throw Ozzy Albies into that conversation. Fernando Tatis seemed to enjoy it, but he also knows that he has to create this image, right? He understands who he is. He understands that he's about to be the guy. So, you know, he, he, he's got to put a smile on his face. And, you know, it did seem genuine. And he's sitting there going, look, man, I'm living the dream. I'm playing with the best in the world. How can I not smile? And, and that's what he was doing the whole time. But some of these guys just don't look like they enjoy it. Remember when Bryce Harper was uh, was on the mic during an All-Star game? And he just gave a totally fake laugh to what a Joe Buck's uh, dry humor type of jokes but one guy who does seem to enjoy it is Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman is always willing to talk on the microphone. And Aaron Judge was at the plate about to get walked. And I love Freddie Freeman from the Braves. And here's Freddie Freeman when he was mic'd up talking about Aaron Judge as he's looking like he's going to be jogging down first base. Oh, <laughs> How tall are you? I'm about six, uh, just under six five, and I'm about to look really, really small here in a second. Yeah, Judge is yeah. six seven. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't look up very often. He's going to potentially make me do it. Oh, oh here we that? go! Gosh he, darn it! Here comes that moment. Meanwhile, Corbin Burns, who went. 58 strikeouts before he walked any hitters and has 15 on the year, walks Judge to lead off the inning, and you look short, Freddie. Uh, do I, I told him I was going to look short if he got the first base, and here we are. Um, a couple of guys with perfect teeth, though. I know that. Yeah, we do. You may want to warn him that you're mic'd. No, we're, uh, yeah, they, they want me to warn you that I'm two-way mic so whatever you say. Oh, that'll be the last we hear from Aaron. And so my point being here is, and that's, that's good, you know, that's just, it's funny, banter, whatever. But my point being is mentioning all of these dudes, mentioning Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, Freddie Freeman, Aaron Judge, Ozzie Albies, Xander Bogarts, who was getting the at-bat, 
the reason I've been such a baseball apologist in the past couple of years, it, you know, if you've ever heard me on this show, I try to embrace the analytics as much as I possibly can, but it's also hard to argue against anyone who's making the point that there aren't enough hits in the game, there aren't enough sack bunts, there aren't enough steals, there aren't uh, enough... Uh, you know, uh, double steals, hit and runs, whatever you want to call, whatever you want to, uh, whatever you want to list off. It's hard to argue against anybody. And I think Pete Rose, who was on the morning roast yesterday, spoke to this and he talked about baseball's biggest problem. I'm not trying to take anything away from these players today because they got a lot of talent. There's some really good players out there. I just don't like the way the game's being played. And when I say that, I'm not bad mouthing the players. I'm bad mouthing the game. What is what has come to be? In a lot of cases, I watch two or two games every day, and sometimes three. It's boring. Every every game's going to have five, six, seven pitchers in it from each side. Okay, and the one thing that baseball don't worry about. Is speeding up the damn game. Now, I don't know how you can have more hits, more steals, because that's just going to lengthen the game. And at its core, baseball's just a, a a long game anyway. Now, sure, you could take away the pitching changes, take away the fact that guys are bringing in five to six pitchers. We haven't seen that so much with the Giants this year. Gabe Kapler has turned a corner on that. The starting pitchers, there, for example, the starting rotation um, is averaging more innings pitched per start than they completely than they were last year, at least an inning or more. So you're not seeing it as much, but. The reason I've always been such an apologist to it is what gets lost in saying baseball's boring and baseball's too long is that they got a lot of fun players. They got a lot of very talented players, players that are just as talented as ever before. Remember remember the early in the early stages of baseball back in the you know the 80s, the 90s and the 2000s, they had some help. Let's you know, they did have some help and granted now that now the help that they're getting is trash cans for the Astros, and they're you know I, I do believe that other teams are cheating. But what gets lost in all of it is that there are some fun players in this league, and not to mention you got a guy in Shohei Otani who started an All Star game and was also batting leadoff as a DH. We don't see that. We are seeing some really great individual players. And what takes away from those individual players is the sport itself. And I think that's what bothers me the most whenever we get into the general baseball talk that's outside of talking about the game. And by the way, I mean, and I'm not trying to, t- I'm not taking anything away from Otani and what he's doing, but I think John Smoltz finally capped it off at the end because I have heard this, I think, 50 different times in the past two weeks, and maybe that's just because I pay attention to baseball and I was keeping track of everything Otani's doing, but John Smoltz had to cap off the end of the broadcast by saying, I don't think people understand how unprecedented Shohei Otani is. And I'm like, I think so. I think people are starting to get a grasp on it now. Finally. It's taken a while. It's taken an entire half a season, but I think the all-star break has officially capped it off and i hope we can appreciate otani for what he's doing right now i really hope we can and you i mean you, <laughs> they were trying not to react to liam Hendricks, you know swearing on the broadcast when they did mic him up you know know your teammates <laughs> no no know the people that you're getting on there but look yesterday it was the gloomiest all-star game by the way that i'd ever seen it just did it it looked like it was seven in the morning the entire game but I guess that's just what happens when you have it in Colorado. And then Smoltz mentioned on the broadcast, oh, this weather's perfect for baseball, not too hot. Anytime it was hot, the rain came in, cooled it down a little bit, said it was perfect weather for baseball, and I couldn't agree with them more. They looked like they were enjoying it. I was enjoying it yesterday. I just hope the game can find a way to make it a little more digestible for the casual fan who maybe has just gone off of baseball if they were a fan of it before. But coming up next at 888-957-9570, Rob Manfred is trying to do just that because not only did he speak on the A's possible uh, relocation, and I do want to get to John Shea and what he said uh, on DRK yesterday about uh, Rob Manfred's comments regarding the A's move, but Rob Manfred also said something else. 
and it's regarding the rule changes in baseball. It looks like some of these rule changes that we saw during the pandemic in 2020, as they continued over into 2021, looks like we're going to see those never again. 888 That's the text line of the phone number if you want to weigh in. Stephen Lightford on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game, leading up until 6 o'clock. Before we get to my long ballers of the first half at 545, as I go through uh, my top five hitters of the first half, from the 510, talking about just general baseball stuff, and we will get to uh, Rob Manfred and these written down quotes. Can't find the sound of it, uh, but he spoke to the media yesterday, and I want to get to that. But from the 510, you always refer to the number of hours. What is boring is the standing around between pitches, no stepping out of the batter's box, four seconds to get the ball to the pitcher, four seconds to step to the rubber, four seconds for the shortstop to deliver, no more shaking off signs. Pitchers make his own decisions, make it a live act. Sport, And I'm not really going to argue against any of that because you are right. But I just think that after three hours and all of that combined, the reason that I'm always bringing up in the totality of it, that's when people start to realize, okay, I could be doing something better with my time after these three hours. It's got a lot of work to do. It really does. And... I mean, <laughs> Rajay Davis was ahead of his time. Dude never stepped out of the batter's box. You remember that? Remember watching Rajay Davis with the A's? Then when he moved on, even to Cleveland, he'd just never leave the batter's box. Way ahead of his time, that Rajay Davis. And I and I agree with you. There's <laughs> there's nothing to argue against there. It's just all a big problem. It's all, it, it, you know, you can all cum- accumulate that into one just massive for the sport of baseball. And again, that's just, that's what gets lost in all of it. And the reason that I'm doing the long ballers of the week and the reason I do Langford's long balls is because I'm trying to highlight these players because what gets, what gets lost in all of it in this boring type of sport is that these players are fun. They're talented. And, you know, everyone involved yesterday, you know, Shohei Otani getting the win, Liam Hendricks getting the save, Vlad Guerrero Jr. getting the MVP. All very, very fun players to watch in their own right for their own reasons. And that's really what I'm getting at there. But Rob Manfred yesterday spoke to the media and uh, <laughs> the amount that he's uh, getting booed. It seemed like when Vlad Guerrero Jr. was getting that MVP yesterday, uh, the boos were coming in when Rob Manford was announcing it. And I think Vlad uh, thought for a split second that those were for him. He says, no, 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 Vlad, they're not for you. Those are for Manfred. Don't you worry about it. But uh, Rob Manfred did speak to the media. And before we get to what he had to say regarding the A's possible move, he tells the Baseball Writers Association, I don't think seven-inning doubleheaders are going to be part of our future going forward. The reason they enacted the seven-inning doubleheaders is because, of course, some games were going to be canceled due to COVID-19. So they tried creating a new rule for that. They brought that over into 2021. Players aren't, uh, teams aren't missing games, having to postpone games just because uh, they're missing it due to COVID-19 anymore, so they're not enacting that seven-inning doubleheader. Doesn't look like that's going to be a part of the future, and even though that does slightly speed up the game, the baseball traditionalists don't enjoy the seven-inning doubleheaders because, really, you're taking away four innings of baseball, and four innings is incredibly valuable in the sport of baseball. So no more doubleheaders in the future going forward. It doesn't look like that's going to be uh, the situation anymore, but also... Pretty interesting. Doesn't look like the runner on second is going to be a part of the future either. Looks like in extra innings, they put the runner on second so they could speed up the game. And I got to be honest with you, I I don't really mind the runner on second. I don't. I'm, I'm cool with it. I think that it does speed up the game, but it just gives every team that unfair advantage and takes away from it. I'm not going to miss it. If uh, if it's gone, 
but I'm also uh, not going to. I'm also not going to sit there and go. Ah, they should take it away. I personally don't mind it either way. Uh, but that's looking. It's looking like that's what's going to happen. So they're going to take away the seven inning double headers and possibly the runner on second uh, as well. So we'll see what happens uh, with the 2022 season as the new CBA is going to be uh, discussed this year as well. But he talked about the Oakland A situation, and this is a quote: "Quote the Oakland process." is at the end. That's from Bob Nightingale, who was writing about this. The next few months could determine the A's fate. And then he says, Vegas can be a viable option. It is not a bluff. Vegas is not a bluff. So, Rob Manfred, Commissioner of Baseball, that's what he had to say uh, regarding the A's possible move, and the proposal is coming up uh, on July 20th. But John Shea, Writer for the SF Chronicle, longtime baseball writer. Here's what he had to say regarding Manfred's comments on the Vegas move. So he told the story today that when he was 12, he saw the 1971 All-Star Game. You know, it was one of the most memorable ones because pretty much everyone who played was a Hall of Famer. He looked back at that as a kid and kind of reminisced. But in the same breath, he says, yeah, these seven-inning doubleheaders, they were fine for last year when we the problem that the city and the fans and the team and the whole bay area is trying to figure out you know where do you build who's going to pay for it uh, you know all that all that nonsense but the main thing is well for the first time oakland is threatening to leave you know the haas family never threatened to leave steve shot never threatened to leave uh, his only goal was santa clara even lou wolf never wanted to move beyond san jose and now under dave cavill who's not an owner, who basically is the mouthpiece for the owner, John Fisher, is saying it's Howard Terminal or bust. And he's sending video clips on Twitter from hockey games in Las Vegas. And he's actually planning to visit Las Vegas after this July 20th vote of the Oakland City Council, yay or nay. In other words, if the council approves this proposal that the A's are throwing at him. So what? We're going to Vegas anyway. We're going to check out the scene. I guess it's the fourth time they would be going. And that's kind of ridiculous. You know, what, how sincere are you with this proposal? How sincere are you with A's fans? If you're going to continue this little marriage with Las Vegas, whether it's real or unreal, whether it's a ploy or not, they're, they're still doing it. And Rob Manfred, again, quote, Las Vegas is a viable alternative for a major league club. Thinking about this as a bluff is a mistake. And John Shea uh, was on DRK yesterday, and this is what he had to say regarding Vegas and the Coliseum site. Manfred said today that it's not just Vegas. That's a site that they would realistically consider. He said there are more, but right now Vegas is on the table. It, it could be It could be a threat. That's what it sounds like. But until we really know that they're going to leave, that's the only, you know, answer. That's the only way that you could you could answer that. But in the meantime, there's a whole lot of property at the Coliseum site that they could probably stick a shovel in tomorrow and build alongside it for two years and, you know, tear down the Coliseum, tear down the arena and have their own little ballpark village and kind of rule that area in town. But they say it's not viable, even though it's got better parking, better access for public transportation and the freeways and BART is all there that that can't be said for the terminal and i i don't look the coliseum i love it growing up here in the bay area growing up uh, a, a raiders fan my parents uh, they were a's fans and you know growing up with barry bonds as a kid that's the reason i became uh, a giants fan because i'm looking at this dude and i'm just i'm just like wow um but my parents were a's fans i i've been to the coliseum uh, you know a hundred times triple digits Love it there. But seeing how it's played out now, seeing what happened with the Raiders, they didn't even bother uh, trying to stay in Oakland at all. They never wanted to. Mark Davis never wanted to. But I don't know how you could say the Coliseum site is a viable option anymore when Major League Baseball doesn't want it and when you finally allow fans back in full attendance. Granted, I know it was playing against the Rangers, but there's only 4,000 fans that make it there in attendance. I I don't see the Coliseum being a viable option anymore, and that's why Howard Terminal or bust is is the saying is as the saying goes. But I also said this before on the show. I'm when it comes to uh, when it comes to these 
stadium conversations, the building of stadiums and whatnot. I still haven't heard John Fisher speak, and I don't know how these guys just don't finance it themselves. If they're these billionaires who have these organizations, these franchises, and you have another one as well over in San Jose, if you have these franchises, I don't know why you can't just finance it all on your own. Mark Davis just didn't have any money with the Raiders, so he couldn't do it and didn't bother to find uh, an outside corporation, an outside businessman to help him out with that. But when you're relying on the cities partially to try and get your stadium done, that's not going to work. So I'm very curious to see what happens in six days. I'm very curious to see what happens on the proposal on July with the proposal decision on July 20th. But the reason Vegas has been mentioned so much is because if you remember two years ago when they had the AAA game over in Vegas, there was a point where that game drew a bigger crowd than the A's that year. And, oh, yeah, the A's were a 97-win team at the time. Man, the more and more I look at it, I of course I'd love for the A's to stay in, o- stay in Oakland. That's what I grew up on. But I just don't know if it's going to happen anymore, if they're at least going to try and get uh, the city of Oakland to partially try and pay for that land to make it open for the Howard Terminal site. So I'm very curious to see what happens, and every time this sort of news comes out, I'm made more and more sad, just like I was made sad by the news with the Sharks and how Google wants to build their own little city over in San Jose and take away SAP Center because they don't have any amount of parking for what they'd want. It's just all of the stadium stuff, it's so deflating. It really is, (laughs) you know? Just when these teams kind of become a part of uh, the Bay Area, you know, everyone, the A's, uh, the Giants, the Warriors, the Sharks, they all are in different parts of the Bay Area. And the reason we have so many teams is because we are big. We are a big place, for lack of a better term. We are vast in our range here. It just makes me sad. It does. All right, there's no easy way to transition, but here we are, the long ballers of the week. Normally on Fridays at 545, I do Langford's long balls where I go through my five favorite home runs of the week since that's all that's hit anymore in today's game. But I do a long baller of the week in each of those where I choose my uh, the one player who stood out during the week. But since we didn't have a week's worth of home runs to get to, Wanted to do my long ballers of the first half. Now, who qualifies as the long baller of the week? Not only do they need to hit an insane amount of home runs for the first half, not only that, but they also have to do it hitting singles, hitting doubles, doing everything instead of just home runs. So number five on my list of Langford's uh, long ballers of the first half. Kyle Schwarber from the Nationals. Now I know he's only hitting above 250. Not a good average. As a matter of fact, that's a terrible average. But what he did in the month of June before he got hurt on July 2nd was unbelievable. He has 25 home runs so far this season, which is fourth in the league. But he had 16 in the month of June alone. The most by any left-hander, left-hander in a single month since Babe Ruth and Barry Bonds. Both of them, respectively, had 17. Uh, Babe Ruth in whatever year in the early 1900s, and then uh, Barry Bonds back in 2001. But Kyle Schwarber has the most opposite field home runs since 2020 with 11. Now, again, he hasn't played since July 2nd, and I guarantee you he would have gotten a couple of more. And it was a hard choice between Schwarber and Matt Olson. I was going back and forth. But seeing how well Kyle Schwarber was hitting in the month of June heading into the All-Star break, it was something we hadn't seen since Babe Ruth and Barry Bonds. So I got to give Kyle Schwarber number five on my list of long ballers of the week. Number four on this list is Ronald Acuna. And, and it, 
That was one of the worst moments of the first half so far this season. Seeing Ronald Acuna try and make an acrobatic catch out in the outfield when he was playing against the Marlins and ends up tearing his ACL and just seeing him uh, in pain in the on the warning track, it was awful. But that doesn't take away from what he's done this season. Up to that point, he had 24 home runs, which is fifth in the league. He was fourth in slugging percentage. And he was fourth in stolen bases. Now, he had 17 stolen bases, but he was also caught stealing six times. So, granted, it's not leading the league, but at least he tried. And stolen bases is what people want. So, Ronald Acuna bringing back a little bit of that old school along with the power. Here's one thing that's crazy. He hasn't grounded into a single double play this year. Not one. How has that happened? The entire time this season hasn't grounded into a single double play. You can't at least get into get one. I, I guess just granted, we we're just so used to seeing it over here in San Francisco when you don't have that many speedy guys on the bases besides Steven Duggar, and we're just so used to seeing it with guys like Buster Posey and Brandon Crawford, even though they're having career type of seasons. But not grounding into a single double play really stood out. But the other thing with Acuna, and this is what makes him number four on my list, he has the farthest home run hit this season at 481 feet, and it was a shot. And not only that, Acuna is just so good for the sport. He is a lot of fun. He's energetic. He plays with a smile. And also, he is brings a team like the Braves back to a playoff caliber team when they weren't that uh, in this past decade. They've gotten back to that point uh, in the past couple of years with the help of guys like Ozzie Albies, Freddie Freeman, and that starting rotation whenever it was healthy. But Ronald Acuna, good for number four on my list of Langford's long balls. Number three, Fernando Tatis Jr., 28 home runs on the year. He's tied for second with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He's third in OPS. He's got a 286 average, which is pretty damn good. And he's second in stolen bases. Unlike Acuna, who had 17 on the season, had been caught stealing six times, this dude has only been caught stealing once. And here's the crazy part. A lot of guys, they take maybe... A lot of these guys that are high up in home runs... An average home run per at-bat, you'll get a home run maybe every 12, 13 at-bats. That's a really good number. But Tatis is second in the league as he gets a home run every nine at-bats. 9.75 to be exact, which is crazy. The fact that it's below double digits, I mean, that means he's getting practically damn near one one, uh, series at least. So you're seeing that happen. I just think he's such a fun player. And here's what's interesting. You remember how Let the Kids Play derived from these guys having fun but also getting beaned by pitchers? Well, Fernando Tatis, he's a showboat, right? He stares at his home runs when they happen. He hasn't been hit by a pitch this season. And you could argue he's just as much of a showboater as anyone, but he hasn't been hit once. Dude is on his way to being the face of baseball. He's a lot of fun. He plays with a smile. He's got the sick-ass haircut, which I wish I had, which I wish I could rock. Not a lot of people could rock that haircut. I haven't seen it before, but Fernando Tatis Jr., he's good for number three on my list. And if he's number three, well, you can imagine who the final two are. They showed out in yesterday's game. But number two... I'm going to go with Shohei Otani. Now, you'd be thinking, what? Shouldn't he be number one? Well, Shohei Otani, he leads the league with 33 homers. He's third in RBIs. He's second in OPS. And he leads the league. You remember that stat I just gave you for Fernando Tatis? Uh, he, he's hit a home run in 9.7 per at-bats. Well, Shohei Otani leads the league in at-bats per home run. He's got 9.12 at-bats per home run, which is crazy. And he also leads the league in extra base hits by a long shot. He's got 56 total so far on the season. The next up is 48. His longest home run of the year was 470 feet. He hits the ball harder than anyone. I'm not going to get into all those numbers because it tends to tick people off, but the numbers show that he hits the ball on average harder than anybody in the league. And he's also a pitcher. 
you could argue that he'd be number one on this list, and you can make a good argument for that he'd be number one on this list. But Shohei Otani, so good for the game. This was his week with the home run derby participating in it, as well as what he did in last night's All-Star game, pitching and also leading off as a DH. So Shohei Otani, good for number two on my long ballers of the first half of the season. But number one... It's the guy who hit a 470-foot homer yesterday. It's Vlad Guerrero Jr. He's got 28 home runs on the season, but he leads the league in average RBIs and OPS. He's hitting 332 on the season, which is just a monster number. 73 RBIs. I'm not even going to get into his OPS, but it's over one. There's only three players who are over one in the league, and those are the last three. Vlad Guerrero Jr., Shohei Otani, and uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. But his homers average a distance of 412 feet. His longest homer is 465. But here's the number that stuck out to me, not only the 332 average that he has, but he only strikes out 17% of the time. 17% of the time. When any guys have numbers like he does, they strike out an upwards amount of 20% or more at least. He only strikes out 17% of the time, which in today's game is just different. And that's why he's number one on my long ballers of the week. So number five was Kyle Schwerber. It was hard to choose between him and Matt Olson. Number four was Ronald Acuna. Number three, Fernando Tatis Jr., Number two, Shohei Otani. And number one, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And that's exactly what Pete Rose was talking about on the morning roast yesterday. They got a lot of good players, a lot of talented players. It's just the overall game is what's ruining the sport of baseball. And the fact that a lot of these other guys are just three true outcome type of dudes. And and that's what's different about these players. And that's what's put them up there on my list of long ballers of the first half, except for, you know, Kyle Schwarber, who was just having had a monster June. It just felt like every game he was hitting a home run. But thanks so much for joining me, everyone. These players are fun, man. Let's try and enjoy the second half of the season. I know it can be boring, but man, they got a lot of talent uh, that's playing on that field. But coming up next, the morning roast with Ryan Kovac, Kate Scott and Joe, the butcher boy. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.